0: You're listening to the Good Girl Free Woman Show, where sensitive women learn to drop the good girl patterns, get off the emotional roller coaster, and find freedom from overwhelmed, people pleasing, and exhausting relationships. Are you ready to finally feel happy, emotionally healthy, and free in your relationships and career? You are in the right place, my friend. Keep listening. hello my ambitious and sensitive free women i feel like i cannot not talk about this topic like if you are a highly sensitive person an empath likely you have encountered some form of what we're talking about today and if you clicked on the title that just proves my point like your interest in it because of the nature of what our troubled childhoods or the unhealthy relationships that we've been in it all comes down to really a lack of self-worth a lack of um a strong sense of self and the side effects of not having a strong sense of self-worth and identity that is rooted in you know in god and in and in self really i the side effect is that you attract or not attract I don't, you know what i heard dr romani say something she said we don't attract toxic relationships we get stuck in them um and i'll talk more about that later but maybe if i remember <laughs> but the side effect of us having low self-worth and a lack of identity is that's rooted or oriented internally and to god is that we seek external sense, like we f- we find our sense of self externally. Um, I heard someone say like, we should be our sense of self should be oriented internally. And I'm going to add a caveat to that and to God. And when we don't have that, we then go to external orientation. So instead of internal orientation, like I look to myself, I'm confident in myself, I'm so sure and secure in myself, I know who I am, I know what I'm worth, and I don't accept or tolerate toxic behaviors. When we haven't healed from our past and built that strong sense of self-worth, we are externally oriented. So there's that external orientation, which is like, I seek my sense of self, worth from outside of me from other people and things, from titles and degrees and certifications and people and relationships. And how you know that you are externally oriented, your sense of self is externally oriented, oriented, is that whenever there is a failure or a disappointment or things don't go your way or, or, or you're hurt, maybe not hurt let's just say things don't work out the way you want them to or someone outside of you you are experiencing disappointment from them or the things like let's say you don't complete the certification program or you want to do something in your career but you don't feel worthy enough and so you go out and you overlearn over consume get a million certifications <laughs> take a million courses you know listen to a million podcasts and watch a million youtube like you're you're hyper vigilant in that area you're over consuming because you you're trying to fulfill this internal lack of self uh worth you don't feel like it's enough you don't feel like you're enough and so you're constantly trying to get that next level of something right to fill that void because deep down you don't feel like you're enough that's you your sense of self being externally oriented in your and career and titles right and then when it's in your relationship the way this looks is like oh if they don't if they're not happy with me or they're not approving of me in this moment meaning they disagree with the way i'm doing something they don't like the way i'm doing something then you experience this like this distraught within yourself like this sadness this something's wrong with me this like you begin to beat yourself up and it's like you try to fix yourself so that you can be or feel like you are enough for this person because they're disappointed or they don't like something that you've done, right? And that's how you can tell that your sense of self is externally oriented versus if the way it would look if you, if you had a strong sense of self worth, then if someone disapproves of what you're doing or they don't like how you're doing something or they want you to do more, let's say in your relationship, then you're just like, okay, I understand. And I see like, you you can show empathy to them like, Oh, I get I get how you feel. I see that. Um, but you also honor your needs and your boundaries and your limitations, your capacity. And so you take a look at yourself internally, You say, Okay, but this is my capacity right now. And I get that you're you don't like that this is all that I can offer you in this season. But this is what I can offer you in this season. And then you keep it pushing. You're not distraught, you're not, like you may feel bad if you're someone who's really, like you have this big heart and you want to be able to give to everyone. You may feel a little like, oh, I wish I could, but it's not like this thing that takes you out. Like, oh my God, something's wrong with me. Like, why can't I? Or maybe you even try to do it all. Maybe you try to, you're molding yourself after them and then you become overwhelmed and you're just like, oh, my plate's so full, I have all these things to do. Anytime someone talks to me and they are telling me that they're overwhelmed, and then they begin to talk as if they can't do anything about it. i immediate- I used to try to like give all this advice and be like, "Well, and try to navigate them through. But after a while, when you you navigate someone through, you give them advice, and you know they're not listening. That's a sign that there's some it, and just period that's a sign if you're overwhelmed and you feel like a victim to the overwhelm, that is a sign that you have something deeper going on right because logically you can look at overwhelming. you can look at the relationships that you're in and you can say okay if you had a strong sense of self-worth you would say i know what my capacity is i know what my boundaries are i don't fear i don't fear that i might lose my job if i set a boundary or maybe i have a little fear and i have such a strong sense of self-worth that it doesn't matter like i know that i'm confident in my ability to get another job if this doesn't align because I need it to align with me to be okay because I'm so strong in my sense of self and in, in my value and what I bring to the table. Like I know I'm a good worker and if you can't meet me where I'm at, if you're if I'm drawing this boundary like I can't work after hours for free or whatever it is for you um and you're still trying to get me to do that and I'm clearly drawing this line and then you you're like okay, she shouldn't work here because she can't you know break her her limits. She then I know that it's not meant for me. It's not instead, someone who doesn't have a strong sense of self would be like, "Oh, um they're giving me so much work. I'm so overwhelmed at work. People like you're complaining about what everyone is doing, which, you know, yeah, we compl- we things that don't make us things that make us upset or bother us. Yeah, let's talk about it. But when you're constantly talking about it you're constantly in that same loop and you've been here for like a year or two and you're still talking about the same like they're overwhelming me they're you know giving me so much work and i have to work for free i'm working after hours i'm giving pouring my all into this that's on you like no one is forcing you to do that you when you have a strong sense of self that means when you've healed all of the wounding not all because you know you you never know if you're fully that's what when you can't be f- say that i'm fully healed because healing is a lifestyle and we it's like a a self reflection a self awareness it's it's a lifestyle it's a way of being right um the way i see healing when i was uh when i was united pentecostal we one thing i loved is like the ex- the expression of emotion I, I look at the way we were in upc when we would pour our heart out and cry at the altar, surrendering to God. I remember I would have, whenever I had issues with people in the church or with my family in the church, anyone in the church, we would go up and be like, hey, you know, I just prayed about this and um, I'm really sorry because I had aught in my heart against you or whatever. That is the process of healing in real time, right? We're pouring it out. We're letting that emotion release from us. We're fully processing all of the the negative that we feel, all of the um, hurt, the pain, the the frustration, the all of that, we're pouring our hearts out and leaving it on the altar, as we would say, and then we're going and we're reconciling that relationship with a person. That to me is healing. That it's not just forgiveness, but it's like it's a heart change. Okay, healing is a heart change, and it's a lifestyle. But we did. I say that because we did that every like <laughs> every week you had an opportunity to pour your heart out to God and lay it on the altar. That is the, one of the good things that I took away from that religion was that practice of just full expression of, of the emotion that's within you, like pouring it out. Right. And that's, what's needed in our world. That's why healing is so important because we don't do that in our everyday world. We don't. So anyways, when we heal, I lost totally lost track of what I was saying, guys, I'm sorry. (laughs) Um, But when we heal, we allow ourselves to build that strong sense of self-worth because we're letting go of all of the shame, the guilt. We're letting go of the fears, of the limiting beliefs that keep us small, playing small, because we believe so small things when we go through emotional wounding, when we go through hurt and pain, and we don't know how to fully process it when we're younger and all the way up to adults to where we are today. Um, When we go through those things, they chip away at our sense of self. When we're taught, like, shut your mouth, don't say anything, like your opinion's not valued. Um, we're taught all of these things in childhood, it's chipping away at our sense of self, right? Our sense of self worth that we're enough, that we're seen, that we're heard, that we're, and that's our confidence essentially, right? And so you're wondering now in life, why can't I show up confident? Why why am I uh, so emotionally impacted by, other people's things. I remember a, a boss told me, I used to work at Rite Aid when I was younger and this lady told me she, I wanted to move up, I think it was, or switch departments. And she said, no, you can't. And I remember walking out of there. It felt like my head was hanging low. And she goes, Justina, what's wrong with you? She goes, and she was like kind of chuckling. She was she was older. She's like, you're so easily discouraged. And that phrase stuck with me for so for so many years until I started doing the healing work, I was like, easily discouraged. I don't wanna be easily discouraged, right? Um, But I was, I was because me not getting that promotion meant something was internally wrong with me. That's how I took it because my sense of self-worth was so low. I had no confidence in that department because in other areas of my life, I had confidence. But in that area, I I felt just, you know, when I was rejected, it was like, it was a, a hit to my soul into the depths of me. <laughs> like, you're not gonna give me a promotion at writing? Aid? What? <laughs> um, but that's the effects, that's the impacts, and it happens at all different levels, you know? Um, so yeah, when you build up that sense of self and that sense of worth, then when you're in these types of relationships or you're in this type of, let's talk about toxici- tox- bleh, toxicity in all areas, in your work environment, in your relationships, right? When you're in those environments and you have a strong sense of self-worth you understand your capacity you set boundaries and you also know what you can take on and you stand as an advocate for self for yourself you stand as an advocate for yourself in toxic relationships or encounters and also in toxic work environments when you don't have that sense of self-worth built up you don't know how to set boundaries you don't know that or feel deep down inside that you are enough, that you are worthy of this, that you are worthy of respect, you are worthy of being honored, right? Then you're going to feel constantly just like you're always overwhelmed. People are taking advantage of you. People are mistreating you. It's it's always something one or something outside of you. But when you have a strong sense of self, you don't need to point to people outside of you. I mean, yes, we point to, we look at them and say the truth of what is like, oh, you're, you're requiring too much of me in this moment. And then it's followed by something very empowered. That's like, I'm not going to do it versus they're requiring too much of me. This is too much for me. And you feel like there's a rock over you and you can't move and you can't do anything about it because you're now in this seat of victimhood. Right? So that those are the biggest difference so differences between someone whose sense of self is built up they're confident they advocate for themselves they set boundaries versus someone and they're resilient when they uh encounter rejection someone who has a low sense of self-worth who is not confident they don't set boundaries they actually feel like they're a victim to the world the world is happening to them they don't advocate for themselves as much as they should um and they are easily impacted by rejection, like it takes them out. So the side effect of, of having that low sense of self-worth is that you get stuck in these types of toxic relationships. Because can you imagine like you have a low sense of self-worth and then someone toxic comes in your life, they're very controlling, very demanding and you are already wired, you're already wired to be easily impacted by rejection and to wanna fix yourself, to please others. You're wanting to save others, if you're the person who's like in fawn response all the time. You wanna fix, you wanna please, and you wanna save. And so, and you're easily impacted by rejection, right? You're easily impacted by the rejection of the toxic relationship. So you're like feeling so much guilt, so much shame, and then you try to fix yourself for the relationship, for the person. Oh, it's all my fault. Oh, if I only just like get help, if I just um maybe I can read books or listen to YouTube videos on how to be more confident how to be not to be so angry, how to not feel so overwhelmed all the time um those things are side effects the, those are symptoms the the root problem of of constantly feeling overwhelmed of easily like being easily uh triggered, and all of those things is a lack of self worth like a low, low sense of self-worth, that is the root cause problem. And that's the problem I solve with my clients Um, in my programs and my one-on-one coaching. Speaking of one-on-one coaching, you guys are the first to hear this, but I haven't opened my doors for one-on-one and I know I've had people reach out. I just didn't have capacity for it. I think I closed my last clients out in June, May, June or June. June or July, I think it was. And I haven't opened my door since. So I'm actually, I have big news and I'm I'm opening my doors. So I'm only taking on three, three new one-on-one clients. So if the podcast and anything else has resonated with you, then, and you're just like, I really wanna work with Justina, this is your opportunity. This is the one and only time I'm gonna open my doors this year. Then I'm closing them for the rest of the year, and we go into 2024. So this is a beautiful, beautiful way to begin your 2024, is to build that strong sense of self-worth within you by healing and doing the work with someone who can hold space for you and support you, especially if you're in a uh, unhealthy, emotionally abusive, toxic, or very difficult relationship. You need space, someone who knows this area very well and someone who can guide you into that next level of your true core self your true authentic self into someone who has such this strong sense of confidence in who they are that they don't need external validation this takes time but you have to start somewhere right you have to start somewhere so if you're interested in coaching with me one-on-one only three spots available click the link in the show notes or you can go to my Instagram, just Tina B. Butler, and click the link there. I should have that up later today. And apply to work with me. Okay, now let me get back on track. So I wanna go into some science of narcissism. That's the whole point of this podcast, right? Because I can't have this type of show and not talk about narcissism. And also, or I'm gonna say narcissism slash Um, unhealthy, emotionally abusive, slash toxic. (laughs) Because, so the title, I know a lot of people are afraid of the titles. Like they don't want to use it. I know for me, and I say that because for me mainly, I was afraid of the title. Like I didn't want to use it, narcissism, emotional abuse, and toxic, because it never felt like I was, like abuse with emotion, it just felt too strong. Like. And that's part of it that's part of being in this these types of relationships and having such a big heart you don't want to make people bad you don't want to make them seem like they're evil or abusive like it's it just feels heavy right but that's part of it that's the reason why you're in where you are because you're me let me speak for me i would sugarcoat like this layer and it's what i what what's called a fantasy like we create this reality that is a, a it's a layer over what is reality and it's called fantasy and it helps us to tolerate the discomfort that we're currently experiencing and in that fantasy world nothing is as bad as it really is It's not abusive it's not narcissism it's not toxicity no way no 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 we have tons of beautiful moments that person is a good person they're so charismatic everyone loves them they're they're not abusive there's no way right and so there's this denial because we as um pleasers and uh codependents highly sensitive women we tend to inflate the good and minimize the bad so we inflate the good things that the the toxic people in our lives do and and how they are and the negative things we minimize it and we actually internalize it. And it's like, you know, that low sense of self-worth. It's like, oh no, it's me. There's something wrong with me. Like I need to be more patient. Like I'm not exploding on them because they've just manipulated me and used emotionally abusive tactics. I'm exploding on them because I don't have patience. Cause I just need to read my Bible more. I just need to go to therapy. I just need to fix myself. It couldn't be that this person is is truly behaving in ways that are unhealthy for me because look at all the other good that they've done, right? And so we live in this fantasy that we've created that's a layer over the reality. And how do you get into that reality is that you accept the behavior. And how do you accept the behavior? You call it what the heck it is. You call it what it is. And we all have behaviors where we act in toxic ways or narcissistic ways or emotionally abusive ways. We may have especially if you've been in a relationship with someone like that, you, we may have these ways of being right. The difference is and I'm going to go over that with the signs of someone who is truly being in a way that's toxic or emotionally abusive and narcissistic traits, they're high, high on that scale. That's the difference. Like, once in a while behaving this way versus my everyday is I'm, I'm these ways. That's the difference between someone who is, um, become where we start stepping into like okay this this is abuse this is emotional abuse this is psychological abuse when it begins to it begins to impact the person and the reason why I said I can't have a show like this and not talk about this is because highly sensitive empathetic unhealed women and men tend to be the victims more times than not because of what I said before the show, because of the the, the low sense of self worth, and then you pair that with the fond response, the the uh, caregiver, the pleaser, the fixer, the savior. That's you've got yourself a recipe for a toxic relationship. Because then you go in this cycle. They're constantly doing their, you know, toxic behaviors. You're constantly trying to fix yourself, save them, please them, and you just keep doing that loop. And the way you come out of that loop is you have to take full accountability and ownership for yourself and the role that you're playing, build your sense of self-worth up, and be brutally honest about what the reality of your life and your situation is, whether that's in your work or your relationship, your friendship even. Oh my goodness, your friendship? Hello. It's not just romantic relationships. Friendships, uh, relationships with your parents relationships with your, your your not your relationship with your partner, but it could be a relationship with anyone and even your work environment, like maybe a boss or someone. And so when you have that low sense of self-worth, this these are the types of relationships that you find yourself in. And it's not that you're attracting them, you're just, it's like you're stuck in them because your ways of being, the fawning, pleasing, rescuing, saving, pairs perfectly with someone who's demanding critical, um, controlling, right? Lack of empathy, like you're always gonna be trying to fix, save, rescue, please. And they're always gonna be trying to pick out, uh, criticize, judge, gaslight, like just all the negative and, and and you're just in that loop. And so what I mentioned in the beginning of the episode, Dr. Romney, what I heard her say, and that that this is a helpful tip, a great place for you to start if you're listening to this and you're just like, wow, I need to learn more about this narcissism, there are a lot of of YouTube videos you can google and stuff. A good place to start would, would be um Navigating Narcissism podcast. That's a good one. And I just want to I just want to help you out here because it can feel very like these people who are trying to help you are judgmental because they'll be like narcissism, narcissists do that. Narcissists do this. And it may feel very hard to to hear. It may feel very like oh this feels aggressive. And I want to tell you that don't let that sidetrack you from from listening and from consuming the content because there's a message behind it right and you don't have to label and i don't recommend you go out and label people like you're a narcissist <laughs> like please don't do that my personal view on narcissism cuz there's a narcissistic personality disorder which is the you know the psychology they Actually, it's a diagnosis, right? And then there's people who have narcissistic traits. I find that the way that I believe is that we're all impacted by trauma and we respond in different ways. And people who are high, have high narcissistic traits, that is to me a trauma response. That doesn't excuse their behavior, but that is their trauma response. Our trauma response is codependency, is freeze and fawn, is like pleasing all that thing, all that stuff, right? That's why you, pleasing, fixing, saving, that's our trauma response. Their trauma response is like narcissistic qualities. That's how I see it across the board. And not to excuse their behavior, but to just, we need to call out what is, what is. Like I'm gonna call out, I was a very, very, um, Terry Cole calls it a high functioning codependent. That was me, hum- humongous and still recovering, right? Always doing the work, it's a lifestyle. And people pleaser, fixer, want to save everyone, right? That was me, and that is me. I'm recovering. Um, I don't want to feel it sound like it's like, oh, I'm I'm totally healed and I am just like, come to me, I'm perfect. No, this is an ongoing thing. Like we're talking, your whole life is rooted in these ways of being. You will be doing this work for your life for the rest of your life, and it's not like, oh, it's dreadful. I'm doing this work for the rest of my life. No. It's more like, wow, this beautiful unfolding of who I am at my core gets to be revealed at every new corner, at every new level, with every new coach that I work with, with every new program that I join, with every new, there's a beautiful layer of of my true core self that I get to meet. And I'm grateful that I get to meet her at every new level that I reach, okay? And so, Anyways, let me jump into the science of narcissism. Don't let the words or the titles deflect you or or what's a good word, like move you away from learning about the actual like qualities and traits of it because learning about the qualities and traits is going to help set you free from living in that fantasy. Remember I talked about that fantasy um, and that fantasy that where you're, inflating, like, oh my God, the good is so good. And the bad is like, it's just, it's probably just me. It's not that big of a deal, you know? They're just mad today, they're just stressed, whatever. No, honey, consume that content and set yourself free, okay? So the signs that someone is, has, is you're in a relationship with someone who is narcissistic or they have these narcissistic traits because we're not diagnosing people, but we do see traits, right? Lack of empathy, which is wild, right? Like I'm so highly empathetic. And I say I am, and I'm speaking for all of us because if you're listening to this, you are probably highly empathetic. And to be like, wow, I'm in a relationship or in a work environment with my boss or whatever, where they are, they show no empathy. And yeah, you're constantly understanding their perspective, you're constantly understanding like being understanding to situations that involve them. And you're not receiving that. There's no reciprocation there because, and it's nothing to do with you. It's just that's they they don't really have empathy. <laughs> they can't really feel. I remember someone telling me once like, I don't know how to be empathetic. And you will see these like leadership training programs teaching leaders how to be empathetic, how to show empathy. And I'm thinking to myself like, okay, yeah, like we want this skill, but still deep down in their heart, there's no empathy. like, And that's why doing this top level cognitive, using your executive brain learning, like when you learn about new behaviors, you learn about new habits, new ways of communicating, that's all surface level. That's not a heart change, that's a behavior change. And the reason why this matters is because When it comes down to the wire, when that person who just took a how to be empathetic leadership class and they go home or they're in their friendships, they're still not empathetic. They're trying, but the wounding that they have, the trauma that they've experienced, because I believe narcissistic traits, these are trauma responses, because they haven't resolved it, they're still feeling like no feeling of empathy inside okay clearly i've been talking for too long it cut me off at 30 minutes so anyways the reason why which i don't know where the episode cut off the reason why someone who takes like an uh, how to be empathetic class like they learn these skills at a cognitive level when you learn with new skills versus healing the root cause of what's causing you to feel no empathy is that when they go into their intimate relationships or in other areas where they, regardless, they don't. it's not a heart change. It's a behavior change. And the way that you know someone is um, truly someone who shows empathy is that it's not something they have to try to do all the time. It's like, it's natural, right? They don't have to take a bunch of classes and like sit there and really, really try. Once you heal, it comes to you it comes to you. So that is the first sign of someone who has, that you're in a relationship or in a situation with someone who's narcissistic, Um, a lack of empathy, another big one, big, big, big. They never take responsibility for their behavior. So if you're in a relationship, you're always wrong. It's always you. It always comes back to you. I don't care what it is. It's your fault. And it can be a sly way too, it's not always like so in your face, maybe they do listen to you, or act like they're listening to you. But then at the end of the conversation, when they're like, Yeah, I see how you can, like, they see maybe seeming like, seeming like they're taking responsibility because they're like, Oh, I see. I don't want to make you feel bad. I don't want to hurt you. And then at the end of the conversation, it's like, but you did XYZ. And it's hard for me to blah, 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 like it ends with you. Like it's, it has to end with you are the problem. All right. You're not crazy, honey. You are probably in a toxic relationship if they are never taking accountability for their behavior. Another sign that you are in a relationship with someone who has narcissistic traits is that, or high, is high on that scale. And these things that I'm saying today are not one-off things. They're not like once in a while he does this. This is like this has been my relationship and this is always happening. There's a huge sense of entitlement, right? Like they feel like they're better than other people. They feel like they're better than you and they're not gonna say I'm better than you. Well, they may, they may, (laughs) actually they may, Um, but they act this way. And this can look like, it doesn't matter how you feel, what matters is how I feel. And I'm gonna show you that, that entitlement through the way I treat you. I'm gonna criticize you, I'm gonna talk down to you when you bring up your needs and wants and desires, when you have an opinion, and I'm not gonna have empathy for you. It's just about what I feel is right. And what I feel is right needs to happen. And if it doesn't happen, there's something wrong with you, and you need to fix it. And then you go off as the pleaser that you are and try to fix it, right? Um, So a huge sense of entitlement, like these expectations. Like, I expect you to be perform this way because this is my right as a person. And when you don't perform that way, you will be met with wrath. You will be met with the silent treatment. You will be met with criticism and judgment. There has to be something wrong with you because you're not meeting my entitled needs versus being like a way that you would do it versus it being like this. Wow. I would love to have this happen for me i would love to have you fulfill this need is this something you can do can you meet me here right there's a curiosity and an openness in the healthier way versus the entitled way which is i expect this of you and if you don't meet it then you will be punished or i expect this of you and if you don't meet it something's wrong with you you need to fix it okay a a huge sense of entitlement then another sign that you're in a toxic relationship is that they're not interested in you as a person. Maybe they talk about themselves a lot. And whenever you try to open your mouth about yourself, it quickly gets <laughs> derailed. It's it's right back to them. Everything is about them. And being the pleasing, nice, loving, caring person you are, you want to show support for them and what they're going through. And next thing you know, you've been showing so much support, you've not received any emotional support. And the things you do care about, they don't care less about. Maybe when you bring up a serious conversation, you know, they, it's hard for them to, to hear you out because, it, you know, people with narcissistic high narcissistic traits, they don't like to hear bad things about themselves. They don't like to hear that they're not meeting the mark because they have this need to portray like they are doing so good. They are so perfect. And when they hear that they're not so perfect, that's like a hit to their ego and they cannot stand it. So if you have concerns about how they're showing up in the relationship and you try to present it to them, they're not gonna receive you well. You're not gonna feel heard. You're not gonna feel seen. It's gonna turn into like a combat instead, like a tit for tat or they're gonna try to attack your character because you're bringing up in a calm and gentle way, true concerns that you may have. This is a sign here, okay? They're not interested in, in what you have to say. They're not interested in the fun things that you want to do. They don't care. They only care about themselves and what they're interested in. Another sign is gaslighting. You may have heard this a lot on social media. Gaslighting is um, when they they say things that make you doubt your that to doubt your reality. Oh, you, I didn't say that. They lie. They lie a lot, right? Then they may even call it white lies, but a white lie is still a lie. And you not wanting to have conflict, you probably just let let it get by. Like, oh, uh, it's not a big deal. I'm not going to say anything. And so it's like they gaslight your reality. They are gaslighting you by saying things like, "You you did you didn't say that," or "I didn't say that." I don't remember that. They act like they forget a lot, right? They say things and then, oh, I don't remember saying that. You must have experienced it differently. Oh no, there's no way that happened. You always have a hard time remembering things. So there's no way like, I don't trust what you say. They're gaslighting you. And these are just small examples. Highly critical. So very, very, very critical. The criticism is real, y'all. Someone who's narcissistic, they are so critical. There's nothing you can do that's good enough. You already have that wound of not enough. Being in a toxic relationship with someone who is constantly doing, saying, and showing you that you are not enough, it's devastating. It really is. It really is. It's like everything around them and around you, it's like there's always criticism and judgment about it. Another sign is that they are passive aggressive. Now, this is important because there's different types of narcissistic people. There's the grandiose narcissist, narcissist which is in your face, like high achieving, like oh, I'm I'm great, and like I want all the attention on me. And then there's covert narcissism, which gets this type of narcissist uh, dic- narcissistic behavior gets let go and pass by so much because it's very covert, which is more means more hidden. It's not as obvious, which is why it's easier for people to have that layer of fantasy because. It's very passive. So they're very passive aggressive in the way they come at you and talk to you. I remember one time in my life when I was a younger, teenager, I think. Um, I think when I first got out of high school and the people were very passive. But I thought it was cool. I was like, I wish I could be like that. Like, I feel like they're tricking people, but they're they're saying it in a way that traps people. And I was like, I didn't think back then I wasn't thinking like it's trapping people. Back like then I was thinking, they're actually calling out behaviors how I saw. And I was like, I want to be more like that. And it's like, now that I look back on that, I'm like, they were being passive aggressive. That stuff is annoying as heck that is like, it's manipulative, it's mind bending, passive aggression. And those people were doing it to little Justina. And I'm just like, Oh, my God, poor, poor Justina. Like, I wish I was there to like, guide her and lead her, which is why I'm here doing this podcast. (laughs) Um, One of the reasons. So it's like, they're very passive aggressive and indirect. And like I said earlier, if you show passive aggression, you're like, oh my God, am I a narcissist? No. This is the things that I'm mentioning today are on steroids. They're not just like once in a while. Normal people do, we have we have behaviors and ways of being that we do all the time that are just like, maybe I shouldn't do it, but the difference is that you have that empathy. And you have that understanding to say, and that self accountability. Remember, narcissistic—that's the biggest um, differentiator—is that they don't have that empathy, they don't have that self ability to self reflect. They won't because you know their sense of self is so blown up, or at least they try to portray that it is, um, and they won't take responsibility for their behavior. You, on the other hand, when you notice that you do something like say you're, you're passive aggressive, you're like, oh, I don't want to be that way. Like, how can I change it? How can I fix it? kind of thing, right? And then another sign that you may be in a toxic relationship is that they're controlling. Controlling. If they are keeping you or guilting you for spending time with your family or your friends, that is controlling behavior. It is covert, but it is controlling. It's not directly saying don't go over there, but it's still guilting you and shaming you and making you feel bad, criticizing you for spending time with people that you love they are trying to control you that is manipulation it is covert emotional abuse okay Uh, another way that control can look like is that that criticism comes in and they're criticizing you heavily in the areas where they don't like the way you're being in order to get you to stop being that way so that you can start being the way they want that's controlling these are covert ways Okay. That's the last sign that I have. I've already, this is probably gonna be like the longest episode of the year. No. <laughs> Remember if you are interested, if this resonates with you, this podcast episode today, especially, and you're ready to heal your relationship to yourself, to really build that foundational core sense of self, um, self-worth and build that confidence so that you can go out in the world and not feel all the ways that I talked about in the beginning, not feel uh, the negative ways, been said, feel like you are so sure of yourself, you don't need validation, you don't need to fix, please, or save anyone else. Um, If you're ready for these types of results, these are the types of results that my clients experience working with me, um, click the link in the show notes to sign up up for one-on-one coaching, only three spots available. I'm not opening it one-on-one with me again for the rest of the year. So you wanna take advantage of that slot. You will never be the same again. Okay, my friend, if you enjoyed this episode and got something from it, the best way that you can thank me is by taking a screenshot and sharing it to your Instagram stories. Or if you don't have that, writing me a review um, on Apple or on Apple Podcasts. Thank you for listening. And I really hope this serves you and your heart in some way. Remember that you are worthy of love and respect and to be honored just as you are. I love you. I will talk to you on the next episode. Bye.